Welcome everybody to the They Call Me Hat Guy podcast. They call me Hat Guy, but you don't have to. I'm excited today to be joined by Chandler the Hammer Cole. That's right, UFC star of the show The Ultimate Fighter, one of my good friends. Thank you guys for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show. Man, it it couldn't get any better when it comes to newsworthy things than the conversation that I'm about to have with uh, somebody that I'm lucky enough to call my friend, a really, really awesome guy, and supremely talented, you could say, inside the octagon and outside of it. We're talking about star of the ultimate fighter, Chandler the Hammer Cole, bro. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. Thank thank you. Hey, uh, before we start, uh, we should tell them how, when we first became friends, how we was arch nemesis. (laughs) Oh my God, dude. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this will also display that heart that I was talking about. So Chandler, when he was a young man, was in a classroom flexing with this other guy. And I guess having some friendly conversation, just some banter back and forth, talking about who's who had the biggest arms or whatever, I think, something like that. And, of course, I biggest come biceps. in. The biggest biceps. And I come in asking, you know, who has the biggest ego? You know, that seems to be the real question here out of the two of you. I'm this Navy veteran, just got out of the military coming in, and you were like, what, 18? You, you had Yeah, to, I was about 20. I yeah. I was about you, 20. I was young. I was young. Young, buck. And, and, and instead, of, <coughs> instead of breaking my nose, which you're fully capable of, you just turned that into like, hey, man, it's not even like that. We're just playing like, are you having a good day? You know, kind of thing. It wasn't anything <laughs> like aggressive from you. It wasn't anything like there was no challenge to your ego for there. Maybe I was the one with the ego problem at that time. But you showed your heart, showed your kindness, and, and it turned into just like a way for you to make a friendship out of that. I mean, is that something that you've done a lot? Oh, absolutely, man. You know, and I try to, there are things that I, I do carry my ego with, but it's not even like a, uh, like a, uh, competition to me. Like a lot of things I joke and kid about. So I guess like when people are like, Oh my God, like you want to wrestle? Like my ego to grab a hold of you and like, just to see where you're at, like see what kind of like strength you have and stuff like that. Like that's the only time I feel like I have an ego, uh, or like when I'm debating, but like when it comes to like physical attributes, you can clearly tell. Like, I don't have them. I have too big of an ego uh, uh, when it comes to stuff like that. Uh, but no, man, it was crazy because I, I I tell people all the time because I tell you as far as like genuine friends, you're one of my most genuine friends, and uh, I love telling the story of how we became friends. I actually was telling uh, one of our buddies, Alex. Yeah, how we became friends, and he was like, "Oh my god!" He's like, "Yeah, that sounds like Chad." <laughs> he was like, "I told him I said, man, I was in college just flexing, and this kid was bragging on me." So I turned it around on him and was like, "Nah, bro, your biceps way bigger." And I was like, and then oh, he just wow. caught the, the, I was like, he just caught the back end of the conversation, which is all about perspective, man. Honestly, and uh, you know, I mean, just you know, stopping and like making a joke out of it. 
I made a good friend out of it. So, and blessed I, me I with a good exchange. friendship too. You know, so that was yeah. That that's that's a heck of a story there, man. But it, it just shows, you know, friendships can come out of anywhere if you if you let that happen. Um, and and I had no idea what you would become after that and and i've seen your journey from then until you know when when you were helping train with amos and like helping train him and everything and then you you kept transitioning into stage after stage in your career as as a fighter and uh just here recently i mean there's no bigger stage than than the ufc and you were just featured on their reality TV show, which means you didn't just step into the octagon and fight. They had cameras on you a lot. What was that like going from from the MMA situation where you're training for this fight, everything's behind closed doors, nobody knows what's going on, to getting ready for to getting in the, the highest stage that there is in MMA, and the whole time people have cameras in your face right before that. You know, uh, I tell a lot of people that uh, for me, it helped me find myself because uh, what they don't tell you is they actually take your phone for six weeks. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, they take your phone for six. Yeah, they take your cell phone for six weeks. Uh, the, you know, you don't get to talk to your family. Uh, you don't get to listen to music. You don't get to watch TV. Like, there's a lot of stuff that they do, and it gives you a chance to like truly find yourself. So for me. I really took advantage of the situation to grow as a person, to really like channel myself and just like uh, ground myself. I, I really got to ground myself and like come back to who I am uh, without all the social media and without all the, uh, you know, the evil in the world. You know, when I was there in the house, that's when uh, Ukraine and Russia started their war. Uh. I didn't get to see none of that. And then when I got out and I seen it, I was like, God, the purity behind not having my phone was unreal and uh yeah it just helped me grow as a man and being in the sacrifice being away from my daughter and then getting to talk to her for the first time there i cried my eyes out it's like knowing what i had to go through in the house getting hurt early on in the season uh they gave me the option to go home or stay and i stayed and uh then the performance that i had the other night was arguably one of the best performances i've ever had and just you know and dana white even said that you know, he had his opinions on the fight. Just everything all together just has been a great growing experience. And it's been very humbling because of where we do come from. Right. Which a little background for people that don't know Chandler and I come from literally the middle of a national forest. Okay. The Jefferson National Forest, <laughs> Southwest Virginia. Um, he's from Coburn. And, and Coburn, um, Growing up, let's just go into a little bit of uh, what it's like growing up in that region. Uh, you know, the, the start of the opioid epidemic <coughs> was pretty much right smack dab uh, where we're from. And so when, when I was growing up and around the same time when Chandler was growing up, the, the pill addiction was hitting everybody's families. Everybody around our area has somebody who's either very close relative or very dear friend that has fallen victim to uh to that that epidemic and uh chandler what was it like for you growing up in coburn with all that going on um and, and what was that situation like you know i grew up in coburn but uh i grew up in a uh 
an area in Coburn uh, they call Riverview, and Riverview is probably one of the most uh, dangerous and like drug infested places that's in the county. And uh, I've seen a lot of stuff growing up. And uh, luckily, you know, a lot of my friends that I grew up with, uh, some of them are dead, some of them uh, are in jail, some of them are addicted. Luckily for me and my brother and my sister, we was around it so much that we never had the the want to 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 take part. Uh, and we've seen it affect our family. And it kind of just made us, you know, realize that, like, hey, we don't want to be a part of this. And uh, I'm proud of my brothers and sisters, man. And, you know, they're actually my role models. Like, especially my brother, uh, he's doing great things. And just, he really gives a uh, straightforward look on life on, like, how you should live. So, uh, yeah, we've turned out good, man. But it was hard. It definitely was hard, man. It's hard to be an 11 year old and, like, see someone nodding out and be like what's wrong with them why are they so sleepy you know and then you get a little older and you start to understand and uh you know i was i want to say 11 years old when i watched my first person shoot up drugs yeah and uh it was crazy you know it it sucks but at the same time it's like luckily I i never wanted to take part you know i never wanted to be a part of that i just wanted to find my way out i've always told myself i just want to do good for my community and do bigger things for my community and just be a role model. So I've got to do that. I, I've kind of gotten to a role where I'm doing that now, but it's I'm, I'm far from finished. Like I have so many goals that I got to accomplish that I've not even even came close to touching yet. So even though like I, it feels good for people to like, oh my God, you're a great role model. Oh my God, thank you so much. Like it feels good because I've not even started what I plan on doing. Yeah, that is awesome, dude. Um, and you know on the subject of things that you've started i think i know a piece of unfinished business for you that you started a really really long time ago and it actually connects to the first time i ever saw you in combat sports and that was inside of your backyard wrestling federation that you had that you were involved in i saw some clips of you super young i mean you had to have been in high school or something still and you were in these backyard wrestling matches okay so you were in middle school uh but you were in a backyard (laughs) wrestling federation and you were so good like even then you had the charisma you had the it was like the rock and john cena vibe coming from you like you 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 totally had it then and what what was that like for you um going from a, a wrestling fan and getting into MMA and knowing kind of the way that some of that community feels about professional wrestling, but yet you're still a fan of it. What, what's that dynamic like for you? And do you have aspirations of doing that in the future? So, you know, uh, when I was a kid, uh, I would always go to Walmart and buy these like little $10, $20 belts. They're plastic. Uh, and then, you know, I always told myself I want to be a champion. I always want to be a champion. Not because of the fighters I was watching. Like, Mike Tyson didn't make me want to be a champion. Uh, George St. Pierre, Anderson Silva, those people didn't make me want to be a champion. It was like The Rock, Stoke Cold, John Cena, The Undertaker, Triple H. Like, those people made me want to be a champion. So, uh, when I seen my friend's dad win his first amateur title, I told myself, I said, I want to be a champion. I want to have a belt around my waist. So, I don't know if I can do it in professional wrestling, but there's people locally winning amateur titles uh through mma and i and i really enjoy the sport uh 
I want to be a champion. I want to be able to wear my belt around and people acknowledge me, people know me. So that's kind of like how that all transpired. That's how that all went together is because I wanted to be a champion just like I watched my whole life. So, and dude, I'm still a huge wrestling fan because people will look at you like, oh, it's fake. It's fake. It's like, okay, yeah, but they're athletes. Like stop shitting on them because, you know, they, they, they know the outcome before the, the, the match. Like that's not fair to, to call someone who's super athletic fake just because they're going out there and entertaining you. I, I feel like that's, to me, I think it's, it's an ego thing for men yeah. who also can't fight it, who also can't fight either. Like, you know, like yeah. people who like sit on the couch and watch fighting, they're like, yeah, man, you know, you know how many people want to be my coach? Like they'll watch, they'll watch me fight and then they'll want to coach me. Oh then, yeah. <laughs> I've seen those in the comments. And then they'll watch, they'll watch wrestling. They're like, God, it's so fake. It's like, all right, you know it's fake. Like, why even comment on it? Like, they're still better athletes than you. And they're getting paid more than you, you know? So <clears throat> it's uh, one of those things where uh, I've, I've had the utmost respect for professional wrestling. And as long as I'm healthy, you know, I wouldn't mind doing a match, you know? I wouldn't mm-hmm. mind. And, I would, and I've, you know, I've won amateur titles in MMA. I've won professional titles in MMA. Like, I think the next goal is, you know, to, of course, accomplish what I need to accomplish and then possibly, you know, get in with the right people. And I want to be a champion on a wrestling scene. I would like to do that. I think that uh, I have the capability to I have the athleticism to do that, you know, without a doubt. I know there's Yeah, there's not there's a lot that I there's a lot that, you know, I think that there's a lot in this world that I think that I can fit in, you know, being uh, on a reality show and being a personality. I've, I've shown that. Right. I think being an athlete, I've shown that. Mm-hmm. So if I got the personality, I got the charisma, and I got the athleticism, who says I can't be a professional uh, wrestling champion? So in some org- in some organization, I know that I can. So I would love to. That's that's on my bucket list right now. I have some things I need to do in MMA to kind of seal the deal and make me feel uh, complete. But before it's all said and done, like I definitely want to take a wrestling match, and I definitely want to. And you know, if I gotta earn that, if I gotta earn that from the fans and win and do, do my part, I get that. But before it's all said and done, and I put the gloves down and I put, you know, and I put my athletic career to rest. Uh, that's the goal, just to be a champion. There you go. And you know, I will never be the one to ever say that you can't do it. You know, I, I've and I wanted to ask you, like the part of your process that keeps you going because (laughs) the things that you've done already defy the expectations of everybody that knows you. Like you, there's plenty of people that believe in people and they love their people, but you can't guarantee anything. But you, this whole time, like I've, I've known you for almost a decade now and it's like this whole time you have believed in what you're doing. And even if you don't, the presentation that you give to everyone around you says that you believe you can do this stuff. What's your process like in visualizing what you're going to do and then staying the course no matter what? Uh, so for me, it's the kid that I was when I was younger. You know, I always wanted to be the person to like pat people on the back, tell me a job. I always want to be a team player. Now that I'm in life, you know, now that I'm in, I'm grown and I'm, I'm really facing life, being a team player to my community is the most important thing. So 
being a motivation, being an inspiration to kids and stuff and letting them know that like you can do whatever you set your mind to. That's, that's super important to me. Uh, and one thing that really sticks to me that, uh, makes me honestly realize like, it it makes my heart happy is when I was 18 years old, I made a status, right? And people get mad at me, like, especially my family, because they're like, oh, my God, you didn't really have it that bad. Well, you can ask my brother and sisters, and they'll they'll vouch. Like, yeah, some, some days were worse than others, but we didn't have it easy either, you know? <coughs> and uh, I made a status on Facebook, and I was just talking about adversity and, like, how, you know, I grew up rough in Riverview and how I was going to go to college and wrestle and, you know, just trying to motivate people. And uh, one of my brothers, and I'm not going to mention his name, this guy, I'm not trying to throw him out there, but he uh, made a status and was like, good God, dude, we finally, we get it. We get it. You grew up rough, but we're tired of effing hearing it, like cry to someone else, blah, 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 you know, just super negative. Yeah. And, you know, and I don't, I don't even think in his mind, I think that he just didn't see what I was trying to do. In my mind, I thought me going to college was a big deal. Me going to college wrestling was a big deal. It is, it is yeah. but 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 a lot of people go to college, and and I think that in my mind I always seen myself doing greater things. That was just a step. That was the first step. But I wanted to do something to where people were like, God Almighty, like he really did. He spoke that into existence, and that's exactly what I'm doing now. Uh, you know, uh, when I was 18 years old speaking on this stuff, it's like nobody understood what I was saying. But if I posted that same status today, everybody would get it. Yeah. So. What the world is seeing me doing at the age of 27, 17-year-old Chandler seeing the same thing, just at a different – it was just at a different time. So I've, I've seen this for years. I've seen this since I was a kid, like a young kid, when I wanted to be a champion. Uh, I've seen myself doing great things, and I would already speak on it, and other people wouldn't see it. Now people are seeing it. I'm speaking on it. And I'm getting a different praise, and I and I truly believe it's just because I'm just manifesting it, just putting putting in the wheels in motion and never letting the car stop. It's awesome, and it's even cooler like to see it over over the timeline of not just a season of a TV show, but like all the steps from the moment when I saw you body slam a guy for the first time in the octagon standing on top of a Hummer with three belts like Triple H, just seeing this stuff happen and then to where you're at now. It's just been amazing. But I know that this uh, this this next question, I really want to know the answer to, and I've been waiting to ask you this for a little while. But I see Dana White as somebody like, just imagine one of Michael Jordan's coaches. You know, this guy's seen the greatest fighters in the world. He's seen the greatest fights in the world. He's made a fortune off of professional fighting. So you've got to imagine anything that could surprise somebody. He's seen it. When he sees you kick that guy in the face and he says, holy shit, that is unfucking believable and that's you. How does it feel to, to have probably the most powerful man in combat sports see you fight and say that? Uh, it was a little crazy, honestly. Uh, it didn't really sink into me just because 
I didn't I didn't hear him say that until after that went into the season aired. Uh, I tell you one thing that I did do though that I knew that once I did it that uh I knew that once uh, I did it I knew that something good was gonna come from it. it was I walked in to uh I walked up to the cage in between rounds and I punched the fence and he was smiling and I said I'm about to be your best fucking friend and he just shook his head yes and I was like absolutely like i got i got it you know because i thought i'd won both rounds so oh dude uh, yeah me too <laughs> i thought so too I, I the world did the world did but you know but honestly kudos to jordan and uh i'm not even I, i'm not even talking shit to him because he did exactly what he was supposed to do so for me i'm you know best of luck to him in his career uh of course before it's all said and done, I want to run that shit back. But yeah. for now, <laughs> yeah. but for now, you know, congratulations, congratulations, you know, on a, on a, uh, uh, on a finish, dude. Like, you know, can't take that away from you. But you know, one arm and not much of a camp. Uh, I think I still perform pretty well, and that's the way I look at that. And uh, so, what drives me, man, is I just know that I can always get better and. I know that the next time people see me, I'm going to be better. And uh, as long as I know that growth is inevitable and that I'm, I know that I push myself, I hold myself accountable to grow as a fighter, I know that <clears throat> I, there's only great things that can happen. A lot of people are content with staying in the same spot because they're good. But even when I'm good, I don't want to just stay there. Because especially with the way that times are evolving, everybody's going to start off good here in a couple of years, you know? Uh, the way that technology is, the way that, you know, the humans are developing, like everybody's going to start off what we consider good. But I want to be way past that once once my career is over. Once when I finally say, OK, enough is enough. I want to be able to say, dang, I really reached that potential. Like I like someone tried to put a ceiling on it and I shot a hole through the wall and <laughs> and, and kept going. So, uh yeah, man, I definitely want to uh, definitely want that fight back on better terms. That makes sense. Oh and, yeah. Uh, if Daniel was ex- if Daniel was excited for the first fight, uh, I, I, if I'm lucky enough for him to bring me, uh, you know, into the UFC, give me a contract or anything, you know, and there's nothing promised. Hey, whether it's whether it's UFC or whether it's a regional show, I'm up on regardless. So right, you know, I just I just hope he sees value in me. Because I'm gonna bring it every time. It don't matter who I'm fighting. I'm gonna bring it every time, and I've proved that. So, well, I don't see how he couldn't after that. So, yeah, kudos to you for that. Uh, that that comment from him was well deserved. I think everybody that watched that show was just blown away by it. I mean, that seems to be the response. Um, but you know, I can't I can't keep you here forever. You're a busy guy. Thank you for doing this on Father's Day. I've got one more question for you related to Father's Day. I know you've told me before you, your favorite job is is being a father. The biggest thing that ever happened for you was was the birth of your daughter, um, and you want to be an inspiration to to a lot of people. So uh, if there happens to be any young expecting fathers that listen to this, is there any advice that you would give to them about what's getting ready to happen in their life? Yeah. Uh, just realize that 
if you're going to make a sacrifice, make sure that the overall uh, reward is is worth it. You know, there's a lot of times that I, you know, a little girl to go to a babysitter for me to go train, go out of town, things like that. And, you know, sometimes people want to beat me up about, like, the, the time I spend with her. You know, the time I spend with her, I try to make it worth it. I try to do as much as I can with her. But I also realize the sacrifice is going to be worth it. So just make sure if you're sacrificing anything that involves your kid, make sure that it's just for greater things to come. Right. Well, that's awesome, use that time dude. Wisely. <clears throat> that's awesome, man. Use that. Use that time wisely, man. That's what. I, that's the best advice I have for anybody. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's a big thing, <coughs> and and you're all about big things. Uh, I just want to say at the end here, man. Thank you again. Uh, I'm super proud of you. Super proud of you, and and I feel like getting to see the journey that you've been on here over the past few years has been a pleasure of mine. Getting to know you has been a pleasure of mine. I'm very grateful for that, and uh, I see nothing but but the sky as the real limit, man. You're going to be doing a lot of great stuff, uh, and you prove to the world that that you have everything it takes to be a, a superstar in combat sports, without a doubt. Uh, so I'm just going to watch the rise, man. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for always just being loyal. That's the, uh, I, I tell all my people that like have been here since day one, just, uh, you know, you always believed in me. Even when I was body slamming your friends out in the yard, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I knew then. I was like, what are you doing scuffling with this man? You're crazy. You're too oh open. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know. Listen, I, I tell everybody, just uh, it's one of those things, but. Man, uh, I really do appreciate you for having me on. Uh, I love just having a platform to talk, and I love people just finding interest in my life and just things going on. So uh, I'm super grateful for your time as well. Dude, thank you, and, and keep representing, man. Everybody's out there supporting you that knows, and those that don't, they will find out, brother. Thank you again. I appreciate you. Thank you, man. There you have it. Chandler the Hammer Cole stopping in to hang out. What a good time. What a good guy. Glad to call him friend. I hope you enjoyed it. Tune in for the next one. Catch me on YouTube at They Call Me Hat Guy. Me and Nikki will be doing some reaction videos, some live streams there. We'll also be doing our best to put out some more of these podcasts. If you enjoy it, let me know. Appreciate you guys. Have a good one.